Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Mental Health Awareness Month is really important because unfortunately, I think we live in a community and a society where there's still a lot of stigma around mental health issues. Um, a lot of people feel like they're taking a risk when they let somebody know that they're struggling or having issues. And I think it's also partnered with, I think our culture has this dominant narrative of rugged individualism and you know try harder bootstraps type of thing and i think it's really important just to pause and let people know like this impacts one out of five people so if it's not you it's going to be someone that you're close to and so i think the more that we can just spread awareness about one how common it is but also that there is treatment there is hope but part of that means you have to be willing to ask for help and get it. And so I think the real importance of months like this is to get the conversation on the table, but also to remember that this is a conversation that really should be happening all year long. So the current circumstances are stressful and for some people they're traumatic. And I think at baseline, most people have a hard time dealing with uncertainty and not knowing and feeling like a lot of the normal choices you have are out of your control. And I think all of those have been heightened in the pandemic that we're being told to stay in place. Some of us, you know, are not able to stay in place in safe situations. Some people have had to make some big compromises in terms of where they're staying. So we know that, you know, just the disruption alone of structure and rituals and daily routines that we've all had to undergo, that alone is stressful. But then when you sort of add over it the umbrella of the scariness of the situation and you know the realness of people really having to think about how do I keep myself safe and having to do that without a lot of the normal supports that they would have if they were in person on campus or, or somewhere else. Like I was saying earlier about people not really giving themselves the self-compassion to understand what they're going through. I hear a lot of students talking about their own reaction as though it's out of proportion to what's actually happening. And I'm constantly reminding people that, no, this is grief. This is loss, that it's okay to be feeling strong feelings about this. Because again, I think the Michigan mindset is very much like get through it and you know toughen up. And so to really name for folks that you know, this pandemic has created a lot of challenges and taken a lot of things away that we need to stop and acknowledge because if we just force through, we're going to cause more damage in the long run. So UHS is still operating almost at our full capacity. Some of our services have had to sort of pivot in order to meet the needs of to meet the needs of the students. But everything that people come to know have come to know of from UHS, we are still doing. So we still have primary care doctors on site ready to see people if they need those appointments. The other great thing that we've been able to do is most of our services have, have pivoted to some sort of telemedicine or online version. So you can have an appointment with a doctor without having to come into the building. You can talk to a nurse practitioner, you can talk to someone from our sleep clinic, someone from our nutrition clinic, advice nurses. We have care managers on staff who are ready to help people find resources. Um, one of the main things that we have been doing is for those students who are still in town, really trying to help them understand that a lot of the resources that they normally would take advantage of are still ready and willing to help. We just have to figure out how to connect them to those things. 
We also are continuing to do our wellness coaching sessions. So that's one-on-one sessions with students to talk about any dimension of their holistic wellness. And one of the programs we just piloted last week, um, which we're really excited about is a group wellness coaching program for graduate students. And so this is a group of eight students who, similar to individual wellness coaching, are thinking about themselves holistically and really trying to take a look at where they can bump up coping skills, where they can reach out for connection, ask help, ask for help and things like that. We also have a well-being site. A lot of students tend to overlook it, but when they go on Canvas, there's actually a well-being tab that would open up to a lot of resources and information that could be useful right now. And then our collegiate recovery program is still active and virtual. So if students are thinking that that's a good choice for them, they can go there. And then we have a lot of virtual offerings that we've been um, piloting as well. So we do a Monday meditation session. The dietitian and I actually have a a live Q&A once a week to talk about food issues that are coming up in pandemic. So we're really working hard to, to be responsive to how students need to be getting their information now. So we just really want people to know we're still here and we're still ready to help. Nothing has changed. There's tons of benefits to wellness coaching. I think one of the main strengths is that we do come at it from that holistic lens. So I think a lot of times when students are thinking about help seeking, they're only thinking about academic help seeking or career advice help seeking. And when you let them know that there are other components, there's spiritual, there's emotional, there's social, there's all of these other parts of us. um, I think it just makes room for them to be able to expand their definition of success beyond those traditional academic trappings. And a lot of students find that having that extra space to hear themselves talk, to reflect on some of the struggles that they've been having, and to have another person just sort of reflect back, like, this is what I hear you saying. This is what I hear your strengths are. This is what other students have done. And really try to set them off in in a good place where they can think about what their, their next steps and their options can be. We also really do a lot of work around norming that you're not alone in this. I think, again, a lot of students will come into wellness coaching thinking they're the only one who has a certain type of problem. And you can see the look of relief on their face when you say, actually, you're not alone in this. This is something that we all we all are dealing with. Um, and just helping them connect to resources and finding some way to make meaning of what's happening right now. Because routines were taken away, one of the things you can do to improve your well-being is to find new routines that work for you in your new current situations. So whether that means taking a look at sleep schedules, eating schedules, when are you going to get outside and walk, those types of things. But I think without the class structure and the structure of campus, a lot of people have found that that's that's a lot harder than they had thought it was going to be. But when they do it, they also realize that it, it sort of comes with some level of relief and security to have done that. Obviously, there are things like taking media breaks. There is such a thing as watching too much news and knowing a little too much. So really allowing yourself to sort of step in and step out of that so that you can take care of your own mental well-being because I think one of the things that we really try to emphasize too is it's not just about individual, but it's also about how we impact our community. And so needing to know that if I'm showing up, I'm showing up in a way that's healthy and not overwhelmed or triggered. 
meditation is another great way. Um, I know meditation gets a bad rap sometimes. One of the things that we say to students is even three breaths. If you can find a way to take three deep breaths, you don't have to become some Zen master sitting on a cushion somewhere, but really understanding that having access to that can really help. Gratitude and compassion have also been really linked to improving resiliency. A lot of people think that resiliency is sort of a fixed trait, and they're surprised to learn that actually through simple activities like gratitude and kindness and compassion, that those, those skills can be increased. And going through adversity, advocating, ad, navigating the adversity that we're having right now, I think is just another way. U of M students at baseline are pretty resilient and just helping them see how they've bounced in the past and how they can do that in the future and really just helping them stay connected. I think one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now that's having a negative impact on mental health is folks who are alone, who don't have a lot of people to reach out to. So social connection is extremely important right now. Help seeking is a skill you can learn that we all are a little bit nervous about it, but just like resilience and just like mindfulness, these are muscles that we can build. So each time that we ask for help or each time that we can calm ourselves down in the middle of chaos, that strengthens that muscle so that the next time we're stressed or the next time we're challenged, we are a little bit stronger and we're a little bit better able to meet that. So really making space for those small micro movements that may not seem like they can do anything against the size of the pandemic, but when you do them consistently, they really do go a long way to make a difference. I think I would just want to really take a moment to, to talk about the connection between individual well-being and community well-being, because I think a lot of times when people think about self-care, they're thinking about massages and you know those types of things something that is a product or something that you consume and really helping people shift away from that idea to see that self-care is those small steps that we take all the time but also helping people acknowledge that sometimes the stress that they're feeling isn't in their control so if you think about the global pandemic that's happening right now and the approach that we've tried to take in terms of social distancing it's kind of a nice metaphor for community well-being that sometimes even if you personally are not impacted by something, you have to be aware that those around you are experiencing something, that it's real for them, and that even if it doesn't match your experience, it's real and it deserves attention. And also to sort of name too, that sometimes you can't self-care your way out of what's happening. You can't yoga your way out of this pandemic. And so understanding that a lot of times it's being able to sit with discomfort for a little while and know who to reach out to in those moments so that you have a buddy that you can say like, I'm really in it again right now. Can you help reality test me? So really making sure that we're taking good care of each other during this time too. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.